I think today is an exciting time to be a parent because uh, we have a chance to raise the next generation of warriors that are going to impact the generation to come for Jesus Christ. And we got to raise them. If we don't raise those children to go with an offensive game plan into the spiritual battle, then more than likely they're going to be a spiritual casualty. And welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us on the Monday edition of our broadcast. Our host is the executive director of Family Life, Dennis Rainey. And back with us in the studio again is your wife, Barbara, joining us as we're going to spend some time over the next few days talking about some of the... uh, some of the traps, that's how you refer to them in your book, Parenting Today's Adolescent, uh, the traps that are laid for children as they go from, what, uh, about the sixth grade until the time when they're in college? Fifth or sixth grade, all the way through uh, the teenage years. Mm-hmm. I think what a parent's got to do is not be in a reactionary mode, always playing defense. I think what parents need to do is have an offensive game plan to know how they're they're going to lead their child through a path that is littered with traps that have been set by the adversary, the world, and and that the flesh contributes to. Mm-hmm. And Barbara, as uh, as the mature ones in this relationship, we're the ones who are supposed to know where the traps mm-hmm. are and help steer our kids past them, right? Yeah, that's right. And that presupposes we know what the traps are and how to see them and how to steer our kids. But And that we're steering ourselves past that's them. That's right. And even that we, in are, adulthood. we are avoiding them as well. Well, we have talked on previous broadcasts about some of the more obvious traps that are laid for our children. We've talked about sexual immorality, about dating. We've talked about peer pressure, about drugs and alcohol. We've talked about media, and we've talked about anger in the soul of our children. Leading our children uh, past these traps is a part of a broader strategy, Dennis. Yeah, that's right. When we uh, got ready to do the Family Life Parenting Conference, you know, for a number of years we've had a Family Life Marriage Conference, but we did a lot of research into what were the biblical basics that God has proclaimed in His Word around the process of raising children. Mm -hmm. And um, I interviewed some godly leaders, Howard and Jean Hendricks, um, Elizabeth Elliott, Uh, Stu Weber, Robert Lewis, Dr. Wayne Grudem, uh, Dr. John Hanna, uh, several Christian leaders and consulted them just to make sure our model was on target, and uh, they concurred that it was. And what we did was we broke parenting down into four essentials. And everything we do with our, our children, whether they're one month old, all the way through to adulthood, I believe can can be broken down into these four areas of life. First of all, um, a child's identity. We're to help our child clarify who he is. Secondly, a child's relationships, teaching a child how to properly relate to God and to others. Mm-hmm. Third, his character, and that's the, the core of who he is, his uh, moral character, his spiritual character, helping him do what's right when no one's watching. And then finally, the fourth area, or the fourth essential, is his mission. And uh, that's the direction that God has for this young man, this young woman, and we as parents help him uh, determine as we raise him to maturity. So the process of parenting is helping them 
shape their identity, uh, establish right relationships, solidify biblical character, right. and then prepare for their own usefulness in kingdom work. That's right. And, and everything that Barbara and I have done with our children has brought us back to one of these four areas over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. In other words, if we're having a problem with a child, it usually falls into one of these categories. And when Barbara and I go out on a planning date and, and we talk about our children and their needs, these four areas represent a good outline to be able to review and to evaluate for each of our children just to see how they're doing in the four areas that God designed for us to help them grow up and become an adult in. Barbara, as we look at the traps that are laid for our children, a lot of those traps are uh, are subtly luring them away from that core character that as parents we try to establish in our kids. Yeah, I think that one of our big goals as parents is to establish a, a sense of character in our children. And that's a sense of right and wrong, What what is a uh, good choice and what is not a good choice. And that takes a lot of training and a lot of diligence and a lot of work. You start when they're little, when they're two, three, and four, training them in honesty and training them in right and wrong and those kinds of issues. And you continue that training all the way through the teen years. You reinforce it. Uh, They'll encounter circumstances that uh, will challenge those core beliefs that you've been teaching them since they were little bitty. And you reteach and reinstruct and retrain and you rediscipline and recorrect because they will make mistakes. In, in different areas. And so it's a process of, of uh, training who they are on the inside as a person and developing them into a person uh, of integrity and confidence in God. You know, as I read through the New Testament over and over again, it's calling us to biblical character. It's not silent on this subject, is it? No, it's not. And I think that's the the core of what we're trying to teach our children. We're trying to teach them the principles of Scripture so that it becomes a part of who they are. Uh, It becomes something that they own, and from that basis, then, they can live life confidently, knowing that they're making right choices and knowing that they're evaluating life rightly. So our goal when we start when they're two and three years old is to teach them those things and to train them and to develop that character within them. And as they move into adolescence, those character issues are are really acute because that's going to get tested (laughs) day in and day out. Oh, it gets tested severely. Uh (laughs) I mean, over and over again in school Mm -hmm. with friends and things that they're offered— Things that we've talked about on previous broadcasts, like alcohol and drugs, those kinds of things are going to test the convictions of our children Mm -hmm. and friendships, who they choose to hang out with. That will test their convictions. So so much of our training with our kids is based on character, and and, uh, the things that they'll face as teenagers will test that character. Dennis, a lot of uh, a child's character really flows out of a, a proper understanding of their identity, who they are, rightly related to God. That's right, and it begins with a spiritual identity, as you just said. It, it needs to be a, an identity that uh, is uh, anchored upon his word. Uh, a child needs to know that he's been created by God and that God desires a relationship with him and that he can come into a, a, a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ and placing his faith in his son for the forgiveness of his sins. And You know, it was interesting, Bob, at our Family Life Parenting Conferences a number of years ago, we asked parents for the area where they wanted the most training and the most help for um, raising children to become adults. And this area, spiritual identity, Hmm. was number one. Parents today want to know how to introduce their children to God and then help their children begin to develop their own independent dependent relationship upon him 
for their lives. And it's out of that proper understanding of who they are rightly related to God that they can really begin to form relationships with others, uh, first with God and then with other people. Yeah, and that's what makes parenting so difficult is you're not only teaching a child and how they can properly relate to their God, their Creator, but you're also teaching them how to relate to you as an authority figure, how to relate to their siblings and get along with them without tearing one another to pieces. I mean, last night uh, I walked in the, the house and what had been a peaceful situation turned into one of the most ugly. Um, I couldn't believe what two of our children were saying to each other. Barbara, you're rolling your eyes. I am. I mean, it was just out of the blue. It was, where did this come from? It was like we are raising reprobates. <laughs> our, our children are going to grow up to hate each other for the rest of their lives, Bob. Either that or be damaged and sentenced to some yeah. ward. I mean, it, it was horrible. And Barbara was there and you could tell the whole thing blindsided her because she was off in the other room, I think, doing some ironing, and and she could hear this occurring, and she said, hold it, time out. Why is this coming out right now with your father? I've been here with you for an hour and a half, and none of this had come out to this point. Yeah, I looked at him, and I said, wait a minute, what's the deal? We already debriefed about school for an hour, and we talked about who said what and who did this and who did that, and... Where's this coming from? I mean, it was just so out of the blue, and it was all this stuff that supposedly happened today. Oh, yeah, and it's 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 really hurtful stuff. I mean, one of our children was looking at the other one saying, you're a snob, mm. and you act stuck up, and other people at school are saying this about you. In fact, the entire school voted on this, and, <laughs> and you, you know, you're— It's in the newspaper it, tomorrow it, morning. It, that's right. You, you're probably going to get a congressional medal for— Snobbery. For being, that's for, you know, being the most selfish, self-centered student. In the, and we're listening to this, and we're going— Man, now what were those four biblical components of raising children? And relationships, relationships, was one of them. yeah. And and man, we're failing at that. We one. were failing, you know. And and you back up and you go, now what's my responsibility here? And I said, hold it. What's happened here? And is this the way we deal with things? We don't say these things to one another like mm-hmm. this to damage each other. We got to love each other and forgive each other and. And well, it turns out one of our children got hurt by the other, and now it's coming out over a. Another issue, and mm-hmm. I mean, that's usually how it happens, and we get blindsided by these things. But, you know, whether it's our children's identity, our children's character, or their relationships, God has a way of bringing life to us every day. And uh, the real test for us is, are we going to respond biblically and go back to the Scriptures and go back to God and train our children into how we need to relate to each other, how our character needs to be put together, and and uh, what kind of identity we ought to have according to the Scriptures. Someday, Barbara, these kids will roll off the end of the assembly line, (laughs) and uh, they've got to be able to navigate the streets on their own at that point. And that's a part of what we're preparing them for as parents, the mission that God is calling them to. Yeah, that's right. And I think it's far more than just mission. I think as parents, we sometimes tend to think very short-sightedly about our kids. We think about what they're going to, what classes they need to take in high school to graduate and what Mm -hmm. classes they need to take in college and what their major should be so that they can get out and get a job or find a career. And I'm not saying that none of that's important because it is. It's all important. But there's another issue, I think, that as Christian parents, 
uh, we need to remember is far more important, and that's what kind of a mission God might be calling our child to in life. And I'm not saying that uh, that we need to seek for all of our children to go into the ministry as a mission, but that their whole life purpose is defined far beyond what their career is or what their job might be so that they see that God has a plan for them. God has a plan for their life. He's designed them for a purpose, and he may choose to use them uh, in significant ways in a ministry, or he may choose to use them in significant ways in a job or in some other kind of career or in the home as a mom. But they need to be seeking to find out what is it that God has called me to do? Mm-hmm. What has God prepared me to do? Mm-hmm. What has he equipped me and designed me to do in my growing up years that only I can do? And I don't want to miss it. So as parents, we need to be thinking the big picture of the whole of the child's life, not just what is he going to do next when he gets out of high school or what is he going to do next when he gets out of college mm-hmm. so that he can survive on his own. There's just so many issues that are larger than that that, that uh, will affect all of eternity. And so we need to lift our kids' eyes to see the big picture of what their life is all about. Hard to remember the big picture, though, when they're in the kitchen arguing about who's the yeah. biggest snob, isn't it? <laughs> Real hard. <laughs> it, it is, and we laugh about that. But, you know, some of what sets a Christian teenager apart from the herd is that they have the possibility of marching to a different drumbeat. Mm-hmm. They can be... Um, teenagers who have a spiritual mission in their junior high and their high school. And and uh, we have repeatedly come to our teenagers and said, you can either be a missionary or you can be a mission field. Take your pick. Mm-hmm. You can either go with a mission and have a sense of direction and go to influence others, or you can go be a part of the herd and be in need of someone coming to you and telling you the truth, take your pick, because you can't be both. you got to decide, are you going to be on a mission, God's mission? And you know, if, if you can give a young person that concept, I'll tell you what, that will set them apart when it comes to these other traps uh, that we've talked about in previous broadcasts, like alcohol and drugs and peer pressure, uh, sex, dating, pornography, uh, media. It, it gives them a sense of uh, living a life that transcends all these, these traps that would ensnare them and would destroy their lives. Yeah, when the kids are little, it's like there aren't any traps really out there. It's pretty straightforward, smooth. You can do your training without a lot of opposition. But boy, when they move into adolescence, hmm. that's when you start playing defense because somebody else is playing offense and they're out to get your kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if, if you don't have an offensive game plan for your child, mm-hmm. someone else does. Mm-hmm. I can promise you. And uh, the world has an offensive game plan for your child. The devil has one. Mm-hmm. And your child in his flesh, in his selfishness, has one. Mm-hmm. And so if you wonder why it's difficult, if you're raising a teenager right now, you're outnumbered three to one. <laughs> <laughs> or three to two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Uh, but, but we laugh about that. You're really not outnumbered. The truth is greater is he who is in you than right. he who is in the world. And you have the Scripture. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the Son interceding for you at the right hand of God the Father. And you know what? I think today is an exciting time to be a parent because uh, we have a chance to raise the next generation of warriors that are going to impact 
the, the, the generation to come for Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And we got to raise them. If we don't raise those children, if we don't raise men and women to go with an offensive game plan into the spiritual battle, then more than likely they're going to be a spiritual casualty. Mm-hmm. And to me, the New Testament uh, makes so much sense with the Great Commission mindset and the commandment of God to go to the whole world and to proclaim the gospel. These are days when men's hearts long for peace, for forgiveness, for reconciliation with their fellow man. And we can give our children that mission, and we can turn them loose to have an impact on their uh, their junior high and their high school. And you know what? We've seen it. Our kids can do that. Mm-hmm. They really can have an impact on their junior high and high school. You know, you mentioned some of the uh, the traps that are laid for our children, and some of them are real obvious. You read about them in the headlines of the paper. You read about drugs and alcohol. You read about teenage pregnancies. You read about uh, some of the problems that come out of anger. And yet there are a whole series of traps that the two of you write about in your book, Parenting Today's Adolescent, that are a little more subtle, a little more hidden. For example, Barbara, you talk about the trap of appearance. What do you mean by that? Well, we talk about the things that, that can trap our kids in that whole area of wanting to dress like everybody else, wanting to uh, do things with their hair or their ears or their <laughs> nose <laughs> or whatever. Get, getting uglier here. Yeah, yeah, or their belly button. Yeah. <laughs> that everybody else does. And all of those, how that can be a, a picture of something else that's going on inside your child. And, but that's an issue that a lot of parents have to deal with. It's not just what they want to do with their body, but what they want to put on their body that may or may not be appropriate. That's right. Yeah. There is also, Dennis, the trap of a child's attitude. We have to do a little attitude adjusting pretty regularly with we our call kids. that at our house a tood a tood a tood you got a tood that's short for you got an attitude and yo yeah <laughs> and what what parent hasn't dealt with a few toods over the over the years of raising children but you know that's what we've got to do in training them we've got to bring their will into compliance with jesus christ mm-hmm. and i'll tell you what we had a great breakfast this morning with my daughter and I got to read this verse. This was great. We were getting together with uh, my daughter, Rebecca, for um, a weekly Bible study we have to go through the book of Proverbs. And we've been in this thing all year, and we're only on uh, chapter 12. We're slow readers, Bob. I mean, we're hammering we're our way through learners. Proverbs. I mean, yeah, we really are. But this morning, it was one of the worst Bible studies we've ever had in terms of numbers of verses, but one of the best because we only talked about one verse. Yeah. And the verse was Proverbs 12, verse 1. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) That goes over great with a teenager, doesn't it? Well, you know, on this tood issue, you know, we're talking about a tood, a tood hates reproof. Uh-huh. And Solomon says, if you hate reproof, that's stupid. Uh-huh. That's foolish. But the Proverbs says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. Mm-hmm. And we spent the entire Bible study just talking about why we as parents do what we do and what we're trying to, to build into your life as a young lady. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a wonderful study, even Mm. though we only talked about one verse this morning. Barbara, one of the hidden traps that is laid for our adolescents is the trap of deceit. And I remember when our kids were little, 
they'd try to lie and they were terrible at mm-hmm. it. But when they get older, <laughs> they get real good at it. They okay. start to learn how to do it, uh-huh. don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get smart enough mm-hmm. to be able to lie and cover it. Uh-huh. When they're little, they couldn't cover their tracks. So it was real easy to catch them. But when they're teenagers, they they know how to cover their tracks and they know how to kind of hide it. And it's a whole lot harder to find out what the real truth is. So deceit is a big issue because especially we've noticed with our kids, because we're trying to have high standards and we're trying to adhere to biblical principles, that really runs counter to what all the kids at school are experiencing in their homes. So our kids have been tempted to fall into this trap of deceit because they think, well, if I just don't tell them I'm going to go do this, I mean, it's only going to be 30 extra minutes, and it's not that big a deal. And so they subtly fall into this thinking that, well, I just don't have to tell about this. And it's not really an outright lie, Mm -hmm. but they haven't really been truthful either. Mm -hmm. So that's been one that we've had to deal with a lot because it's real subtle. Dennis, there is also the ongoing challenge of the schedule And it increases, the pace increases when our kids reach the teenage years. And if you're not careful as a parent, uh, you can get sucked into that trap just as easily. Yeah, it's a trap of busyness. And and I think a lot of teenagers today are um, overscheduled and overstressed because their parents have allowed them to get involved in so many activities that there is no end to all their activity. And they're exhausted. They're stressed out. They're weary. And there is never a day during the week when they have a Sabbath, Mm -hmm. when they truly have a chance to rest their soul and their body at the same time. Some of the other traps that are laid for our children that are a little more subtle are the traps of the tongue, the trap of mediocrity that is laid out there for them. And then there's an interesting one that you uncovered in your book, and that's the trap of false gods. What are you talking about with that, Barbara? Well, for more than 11 years, we taught a sixth-grade Sunday school class, and what we titled it to those kids was Playing Church, and that, in essence, is what it's all about. It's it's growing these kids growing up in a Christian home and thinking they know it all by the time they hit sixth grade or junior high, and then they just go through the motions, and it's not—they're not living out of— Uh, convictions. They're not living out of spiritual principles that they have worked into their lives that are true. They're pretending to be Christians by going to church and showing up and saying the right things to mom and dad, Mm -hmm. but they're living another life over on the side, and they're really worshiping popularity, or they're really worshiping and serving uh, their sports or their activities or whatever it is, and, and they're getting confused on what really is important in their lives. Dennis, the more obvious traps that we've talked about, things like alcohol and sexual promiscuity, uh, are dangerous. These more subtle traps can be equally dangerous. In fact, they may be more dangerous because parents aren't as alert to watch for them. Well, the last one Barbara talked about is at the heart of a prodigal. If you have the wrong God— and that God is self, then you will rebel against your parents, against your God, and you'll find yourself eating pea pods with the pigs Mm -hmm. and wasting your life. And a lot of of teenagers during these all-too-important years have been allowed to worship these false gods without parents going after them. 
and doing everything within their power through prayer, through study of the Scripture together, through uh, a relationship that loves them and pursues them, to pull them out of that foolishness and back to a God who loves them desperately and uh, the God to whom they must be accountable for their lives. You know, this whole process, all we've talked about on the broadcast today, is the process of raising young people who are moving from childhood through a period called adolescence into adulthood. Mm -hmm. And our assignment as parents is to deliver those children into adulthood with their conscience intact, a relationship with God established, and with their identity in Christ so strong that they can begin to establish their own relationships around the Word, they'll start to fulfill their own mission, and that they will begin to form their own commitments, their own marriages, their own families, and replicate that into the next generation. That's what a Christian family is all about, and that's why we need to be about uh, this mission as we raise these adolescents. We need to be careful about quitting too soon. It's so easy to pull back during these uh, adolescent years and think the job is over. Mm. It isn't over. Even if your child is 18 and you've only got a few months left before they graduate from high school, I promise you, your job is never over you still have an opportunity to impact that child for Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm.